I remember when we first talked about doing a podcast, I was kind of like, well, where do we start? Then I reached out to a friend who had been doing it and he referred me to Anchor. So first thing I was like, it's free? And he was like, yeah, it's free. And then the second thing I realized that you don't have to have a recording studio. You can do the podcast from anywhere that you want. Uh, they have all kinds of creation tools and you can record, you can edit, and you can do it all from either your phone or your computer. But one of the best, best things for me was when it came to distribution. I was really worried about that, but Anchor actually distributes to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and a bunch of other places, so it makes it super, super easy for you. Plus, you can make money. You don't have to have a minimum amount of listeners, and it's just kind of like having everything that you need for a podcast all in one place. Imagine yourself in the forest surrounded by rivers, lakes, and the ocean. You're spending time outdoors hiking, camping, and cooking over the fire. That bold smell of real smoke flavors of cooking over the open fire has been captured by Triple Smoke. They use the freshest ingredients, all natural, no preservatives, and no fillers. Triple Smoke's name defines the smoking process. They use three types of wood to smoke the spices before processing into blends and condiments. Plus, good things come in threes. Go to triplesmokefoods.com to get your spices today. And they're great for vegan foods too. And welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Half and Half Podcast. This hey. is... Oh, oh, let's hear it. <laughs> hey, hey. Hola, amigos. <laughs> so this is... Uh, welcome back again, everybody. Hopefully we're at nine now, and our, our stories are very intriguing, and everyone's telling everybody this is the best podcast they need to listen to. And... So we last left off, left off on last episode, we're going through the history of Paul and I's musical marriage. So this is part two, the continuation. So where do we leave? You left off. You, you pick it up where we left yeah. off. Yeah. And, and I want people to understand, like, I have, we've always talked about like our, our history together, but we've never like pieced it together like this. And so, for me, this is cool because I, I can go back. Like you're, you're, you're one of the most important people in my life, and I would one like of. Well, yeah, man, I've got kids, and I've got very important people in my life. But uh, when, in terms of friends, like friends? the most significant. Friends? Wow, the wow. it's fucking unraveling here. Uh, <laughs> friend, you know Cheating what I mean? Up. Like, <laughs> I know. I'm um, and so for me to piece all this together with you, um, I don't know. It's, it's, it's fun. I like hearing it. I like thinking about it. Uh, you know, one day in our old age, I can come back and, and reminisce, even though I'm not, a, I'm not really a big reminiscer, but when it comes to our relationship, I am. Yeah, you know, it's so weird that you say that is you're not a reminiscer and you're like, Oh, I love talking about this and piecing it through because it's exciting. And it makes me remember things. And I'm the opposite. I think about this shit all the time. All the, I'm one of those guys that let shit ruminate. And I'm like, had I not fucking done that? Had I not 
said that to this dude, that band would have not broken up. Had I, you know what I mean? I always think about our old shit. Yeah. Um, I think the most important thing for me um, is that I like to see where we had pivotal points in our life. So oh. that's why I'm a history guy, right? Because I, I look at, back at history and, and, you know, you can see clearly now in hindsight where things were set into or propelled into a different place because of an event that took place. And, and when we go back and look at our life, like we were talking about, you know, Ray giving up his spot for you to join the band, that right there yeah. changed your life forever, changed my life forever. forever. You know what I mean? Forever. Yeah. Again, Ray Radimus Rodriguez. I don't know. I think, I don't know if Eric would be the only person I know that would still speak with him, Eric Prieto. So, Eric, if you still do, tell him I said hi and I love him to this very day. I haven't seen that guy in 20 years or more. Oh, I haven't seen so, him since high school. So, that's actually where we left off. I was talking yeah. about where we were going to get him into the band. And mm -hmm. uh, instead, we went with our roadie who had... Uh, uh, my girlfriend at the time cheated on me with, and you know, mm -hmm. uh, I'm not gonna name name names, um, but that did happen. Um, she professed her love to him, and I was like, "This guy's supposed to be in my band. Like, I'm supposed to like be playing on the same stage as this guy." But yeah. for the business part of the band, I was like, "Screw it. We need. We have stuff going on. Like, just let him in." So yeah, so we we let him in. Yeah, you guys um, started doing. I think at this point. I mean, do you want to give detail of one another's bands or do you want to just fast forward to where we were together again? No, 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 no. So one of the things that, one of the stories I wanted to say that kind of contri uh, contributed to my eventual leaving Swim, which again, Swim is the band that brought you and I together. Um, you know, I was talking about on the last episode about the Deftone song. Um, I, I want to share this story. This is just a really funny story. So I'll never forget, you were out of the band um, you know, we, we continued, we went in to record a new album. Actually, it was an album that we recorded on three occasions. We had now, we had signed a contract with a record label from here. Um, we recorded that album in two like big studios for whatever reason, the album was just, was not coming to fruition. I'll never that reason is me leaving the band. <laughs> yeah. Like things were just not working out, you know? Um, and I'll never forget, we were in Phoenix. So going back to when Adrian and I were actually together, our producer at that time, um, he worked at the Conservatory of Recording Arts and Sciences. Um, he, you know, we spent a lot of time there um, recording with other artists. Um, yeah. Yet another person who has impacted my life and a person I think about almost weekly, Mr. Jerry Fimbres. Hello. Don't yeah. know if you're listening. So I Jerry, miss you. Jerry's, uh, if I remember correctly, like Jerry was a badass. Like he had oh, yeah. connections to, I think he worked with like Rage Against the Machine. Like he worked with, um, I think he worked with Pantera. I think he engineered on one of their CDs. Um, aside, aside from his, his portfolio and his amazing resume, one of the best dudes I have ever met in my life. A hundred percent. Matter of fact, we I have a little short story about him. Fast forward like many years later when we were in Ashling and we were playing Phoenix. Yeah, but um, but yeah, just down to earth. Um, I'll never forget. So we're we're recording our album for the third time. We're signed to a record label. 
things just suck, dude. Like you would think that being in that situation that it would be everybody would be happy and it'd be uh just a good time but it wasn't it wasn't it was literally like this is the way it was i felt like i was by myself norman and jerry were like always together like and then and we were staying at jerry's apartment so i was there for like a long time dude like it was hot as hell and then mark and fabian were just kind of doing their own thing it was just all of a sudden like there was not this like unit like this unified unit anymore it was now this just fragmented like like we're just doing our job you know yeah and while you're doing this and living misery i was having a hoot and a holler with facts we were playing shows and just living it up dude playing music yeah doing what music is all about actually just like enjoying it yeah. right so we, we, me and the facts guys had a fucking blast dude Though, again, I'm the one who ruined that. <laughs> we'll get into that right now. So it was, yeah. it was funny because Jerry really disliked Fabian and, and Mark. Um, mm-hmm. And so that's why, like, Norman was just staying, like, I don't even know where. I, I remember at one point we were in a hotel. Another point we were actually at Jerry's apartment. Um, but there was just a lot of division there. Um, but I'll, I'll never forget. So... All of a sudden, that let's go back to that song that we talked about that was our most popular song, Suck the Punk, right? So that was our most popular song. Whenever we performed, it was always like, play that song. So I remember I'm in the studio, and all of a sudden, Jerry and, and Norman are trying to tell me that they want to change the song, that they want to take out like the main guitar verse uh, part, which I thought was probably one of the coolest parts of the song. And it was. Yeah, like that's what made the song, right? And all of a sudden, then it became a thing of like, hey, uh, maybe we should just leave this song off the the album. And it was like, what are you fucking talking about? Like, this is a song that everybody loves. And everybody only knew of that song because we had demoed it one at one point and we would play it. We would open up every show with that song, right? Right. All of a sudden. The pool is now open. To get it. Yes, yeah, that was a great song. All of a sudden, I am told that Norman admitted that, well, I guess he felt compelled to admit, since this was now going to be like an actual release on a record label, he was compelled to admit that he ripped off the song. He ripped off the song. And who did he rip off the song from? Who A band that was at that time unsigned, Papa Roach. None other. None other than Papa Roach. And I'm like, I've been playing this song for years. Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. Like, it was one of those songs where we went into the basement and Norman was like, hey, man, I got this idea. Let's write this. Hey, like, check this out. And maybe, you know, let's do this. And maybe we should do this. And it was like, hey, man, that's cool. I like it. I'm like, let's just keep it. Fun fact about that song. That song came about when you weren't even in the band. Oh, Yeah. We did that song when Gabe and Mark were still in the band, but it was short-lived. And when you came back, it was kind of presented as, hey, check this out. And I think I was even given the wink or the nod, like, just fucking go with it. Oh, that makes makes total sense. Yeah. That song was around for before you. Yeah. And so, and it came off of a demo of Papa Roach's that somehow Norman ended up, because there was no internet at that time. I mean, there was, but it wasn't like... 
like now to the scale of so it is now, yeah. somehow which i think there was a connection to the conservatory is how uh norman ended up with that i think it was when somehow when he was going to school there but anyways either way here we come to find that we've been playing this song that wasn't even an original all along so the record label is told the record label is like well you know what like Maybe they don't play the song anymore. Let's just give them a call and see. Let's see if we can use it. So I wasn't there for that phone call. <clears throat> um, apparently, the our producer, Norman, and the record label called the guys from Papa Roach and um, and asked and told them the situation and asked, or I don't, I don't know if it was like, hey, he stole this song from you, like and now they're going to record it. I think it was more like, hey, there's this song that you guys did. Are you guys doing it anymore? Can we play it? And yeah. it essentially became, yeah, as long as you just give us the credit, um, because they don't they don't play that song anymore. This yeah. later on comes around full circle because then later on I actually go on tour with Papa Roach and I actually, but we'll we'll get into that later on. But um, yeah, so it's like, wow, this motherfucker stole another song. Like Wait, I would just just to say that story now because we're getting into the part of me leaving Fext. And then starting another project with well, somebody from actually, I just I just thought about how actually he not only stole that song, but remember he tried stealing a three eleven song too at one point. Yes, of course I remember that. And then we were like, "No, dude, that's three eleven. What are you doing?" Yeah. Um, later on, since we're not going to get into that, we'll just kind of say it here. Later on, his future projects. Um, I like heard him and I was like, wait a minute, isn't that a song? And then sure enough, like I know he stole a song from 30 seconds to Mars. Um, who else? Yeah. Every time I hear songs later on, it was like, dude, this motherfucker is just ripping off. Don't get me wrong. He was a good musician. You know, he was a great guitar player. He had different ideas, but the dude started to develop a reputation of like, just like being a ripoff artist, you know? Yeah. So, for me personally, and the reason why I mention all that is because at that moment, things were already like, I was already like almost over it. And when those little things started to happen, it really just starting to seal the deal for me of like, dude, like why the, what am I doing? Like, mm-hmm. I don't want to be a part of this. I don't want to be a part of like, I'm not, because him doing that, it's, 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 uh, it reflects on everybody. You know, so I was unhappy. Like, I'm like, I'm with this fucking, this bass player who, which, you know what, now in hindsight, like him and I, we get along, you know, I wouldn't say we're friends, but we're, you know, we get along and we're cordial and everything and like no hard feelings, whatever. We were fucking teenagers. No big deal. Right. Um, Same thing with the drummer. But at the time I was like, dude, I'm not even talking to these guys. I don't get along with these guys. Norman's fucking not even talking to me. He's pulling this shit. Um, So things were just falling apart. So we had this big tour set up. Oh, several tours actually set up. Uh, again, we went on tour with Papa Roach after that. You know, we finished the album. The album was released, and no offense to Jerry. Jerry's an amazing dude. I don't know what happened or where the breakdown happened in that recording, but, dude, that album was complete shit. It sounded like shit. Um, it was just... You know what? Every time I listened to that album when it was released, being a a part of that band, being a part of your all's musical life and whatnot. And, and, and as cheesy as it sounds and as dramatic as it sounds, is that album lacked life. 
is what it lacked. It wasn't necessarily a production thing, though. Oh, the production, but it, but it was, dude. But it well, was. let me. I, can I finish? Can I finish? <laughs> can I finish? The though the production was very dry, right? There wasn't a lot of umph. It didn't sound like this grand, spectacular album. Yeah, I can see where the where the the production part of it did feel real dry and and real out of sorts. But I can say that that album lacked emotion. Like you guys were just recording to record. And that's exactly what it was. Like, so it was weird because the 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 one that we did. You can hear emotion through recording. You know that. So you, you and I have. Do you remember time. when we actually recorded that album, at least the big chunk of it, with you in Phoenix? Yes, Ben was with us. Yeah, that yeah. that one was amazing. Right. Everything was coming out fantastic. We we wrote the song "Push." Yeah, in that studio yeah. during that that time. Right, and that album sh- that's the one that should have been released. And I still to this day have no idea why we did not release that. That came out. I mean, the emotion was there, the quality was there, but somehow I I don't know if it had to do with you leaving the band, which I'm pretty sure probably played a role. And then we went again and we recorded an album, the album a second time. Um or tried to again i don't even think we finished it and then the last time we went in and that was a big studio that was like a beautiful like there's no reason why that album shouldn't have sounded just top notch but it sounded like shit man i could have recorded better on a cassette four track back in the day um so that again just added to for me just my becoming disgruntled right with the situation Mm-hmm. Um, so we went on, you know, several tours. We had, we, I remember we were going to go to like Japan we had like all this shit set up, but I was on tour, man. Like, um, you know, we went on tour with Papa Roach. I remember like the first night we played with them, they wanted to hear the song. So I went with them into our van and listened to it. And they were like, cool, man, this is, this is actually pretty cool. Like we dig it. We really like what you guys did with it. Even though we had really scaled that song back, um, for that recording. A lot. It was super like weird, like um, I guess in a way, like sitting down and showing that to them, like yeah, here's a song that our fucking singer ripped off from you guys. Hope you like it, you know. But yeah, yeah. the the sound quality sucked. The way it was scaled back sucked. Uh, you know, they said they liked it, cool, whatever. But dude, I was miserable. I was miserable every single day, day in and day out. Um, at that time, I wasn't even a beer drinker. I remember. Um, being on that tour and drinking in the morning um, just because I was like depressed. I didn't want to be around anybody. We were playing like some pretty cool fucking shows, like packed shows. We were, we played, we were playing the Roxy, the Whiskey, like all the, the, you know, the famous places, whatever. At that time, it should have been like a glorious moment for me, but I was just miserable. Yeah. So we were on like this first leg of, a tour that was supposed to extend into like East Texas, East coast. We were going to go to like Europe and all these places. And we ended up playing a show here at home at crossroads. Remember crossroads? Yeah. I love that place. And it was crazy, dude. It was crazy. When we, we went from when you were in the band playing that place to starting what remember in the headline of the El Paso Times said there was a riot that swims causes a riot or whatever. Like we we would pack the shit out of that place to yeah. where that night there was like 10 people there to see us. 
I you mentioning that, I just want to give a couple of uh, honorary mentions to some our good friends that we used to be with back then. I mean, we were playing with bands like Upshot, mm-hmm. Blind, um, Undaunted, Mikey Mikey Foster and those dudes, and Undaunted, uh, Torque with Mikey Langoria. Man, the music scene at that time was just fucking stellar, dude. Yeah. Uh, actually, we would play with, uh, wasn't wasn't Rudy's band playing at that time? What were they? It was an upshot for a little oh, while. Oh, that's right, that's right, that's right, that's right. For, for whatever yeah. reason, I, I get it mixed up. But yeah, that's right, he was an upshot. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, so I remember playing that night, and there was like like 10 people watching us. I mean, there was there was more than that, but like people actually like they're like f- true fans, like 10 people. Um, I remember before the show, I used to do backup vocals. I remember the sound guy was like, hey, man, for whatever reason, dude, like like five minutes before the show, like I cannot get your fucking mic to work. Like, and I was like, you know, dude, I don't give a fuck. Like, who cares? Like, just, I'm not going to fucking do backups tonight. No big deal. Again, dude, like, I was just at, I was over it with this, with these guys, right? So I didn't even care, dude. And so I remember being on stage and playing and my backups were coming and going and I, I, because I wasn't doing it. And every time I, my part would come up and I wouldn't even walk to the mic, Norman was giving me this look like, what the fuck? Like, why aren't you fucking playing? I mean, like singing. And I was like, whatever, dude. So probably like second of the last song comes around and I guess he's really annoyed at this point. And so he's to try to make a point. He drops the mic and stops singing and he's just staring at me. And I'm looking at him and I'm just like, fuck you, whatever, dude. So I fucking, I think I hocked a loogie on him. And yeah. and he jumps off stage and he just runs out the building. Like, you can go cry in the car. He's going to go cry in the car. <laughs> <laughs> and I just threw my guitar off of me and I look at Mark and I said, I fucking quit on stage. And he was like, what, 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 what? And so we go to like the little side area or whatever. And I'm like, I quit, dude. I'm fucking done. I'll get my shit right now. I'm done. I'm over this shit. Like he they were just like shocked and i was like yeah dude i'm i'm good that was it i quit the band um funny thing is just a quick side note they tried to continue with actually the your second guitar player from fex that was added later on they they, apparently fabian and mark tried recruiting him to join swim but norman wanted nothing to do with it and so swim literally just ended at that point um We even got, uh, I think the record label wanted to sue us, but they were like, I mean, how are we going to sue these guys? Just like, you know what I mean? I was like barely an adult, I think, finally. I think it was like 18 yeah. at the time. And um, and so, yeah. So, Swim just... Yeah. It, so It ended. That, yeah. And the story picks up when that ends. So, as they say, one man's trash is another man's treasure. So, I'm infected. Uh, like I said, we're having a grand old time. Um, I hear around the rumor mill, there was this band that we used to play with a long time for a long time called Blind, a bunch of amazing guys, amazing musicians. I love each and every one of those guys to this very day. Um, we played with them a whole lot during Swim, there's a band called Blind. I heard that they were looking for a bass player, and somebody told me that they that they were wanting me to join that band. 
And I was like, what, really? But I was in FX and I was like, well, I don't know, maybe I can make two bands work. Like I was already getting in that mindset, right? Like I'm comfortable and I think I can make two bands work. Um, fast forward a couple of weeks later, I get a phone call from none other than Norman. And I was like, what the fuck are you doing calling me, man? You know, I thought he hated me. I heard about all the room rumors he fucking spread about me and all sorts of shit. And um, well, yeah, he tells like, me. Uh, real quick, real quick. I remember hearing him go on the radio and he made up this story on the radio saying when they asked him why I quit the band, he made up this crazy elaborate story about how I tried to stab him and how like, um, I don't even remember, but it was just like, what? <laughs> yeah. It was like, what the, where, what? But it's because he had a, a thing where he used to make shit up for, to get attention. Like, remember the one time we opened up the the newspaper and it's like, Swim gets signed to Capitol Records. I was like, oh, we did? Oh, what? Why am I still sitting here? Yeah. It's like, oh, okay. Yeah. But anyways, I had to throw so, that in there. Yeah. So it's him. And he's like, hey, man. Um, I'm, yeah, I, I don't remember exactly what he said word for word, but it's time to bury the hatchet. The guys from Blind are wanting to start a side project with us. And I was like, who from Blind? He said, Scotty, Mikey, and Jay. You're on bass and I'm, I'm going to be singing. And I was like, what? So let me think about it, man. Of course, as soon as I heard the phone, I was like, dude, in my mind, that's like a super group, right? I'd always loved Blind. And I had to think about the facts, guys. And unfortunately, I, you know, I wavered more to the side of yes. And so I told Norman, I said, yeah, I'm not passing up this opportunity. So we did it. I had to leave Fext. Um, and it wasn't anything that Fext did, right? I still love those guys to this very day. It's just I had to make a choice. And you know what I mean? And um, when the story continues, it was just kind of like the right choice to make at the time, right? I was fixing to graduate high school. And so I said, yes. So we started this fucking super group. And dude, from one day to the next, again, it's kind of like the swim story. We started a band called Super Soul. The minute we all said yes, dude, everything fucking took off like a rocket. We were our very first show. We opened up for suicidal tendencies, a full fucking sold out show at E9. The minute we stepped on stage, dude, we played our first song. The crowd went fucking ape shit. We all looked at each other like this is what needed to happen, dude. And again, because we have so much to, to so many stories to tell, I'm not going to go through all of them, but. Same like you did, Super Soul. We we played at the Roxy. We played at the Whiskey multiple times. We recorded albums. And I mean, it was just... Because I had graduated high school, it was nonstop fucking touring. We were always touring. We were always recording. We were always playing shows here, opening up for this band, opening up for that band. It was, hands down, one of the best times of my life. Um, without you. know, me. a couple... Without you, yeah. A couple of times, uh, you know, a couple of years of that... You know, things tend to go south. And... Was it that long? Did it really last that long? Yeah. I thought it was like a year. Oh, it was 98 to mid-2000. Okay. So, um, uh, towards the end, of course, you know, you spend enough time in the van with somebody, things just start to happen. And our singer at the time was the one who started veering to the right on some level that we didn't even know was going to happen. Or I didn't, that's for sure. He uh, started taking influence from other bands that weren't of our genre, uh, more particularly a band named Orgy. So anyways, he starts talking about wearing makeup and tight black clothes and fishnets, and we're like, time the fuck out. 
No. Are you high? No. He pushes it. He shows up one day to a photo shoot. We have a photo shoot for a small EP that we were going to put out. He shows up in all black, eyeliner, face makeup, chokers, combat boots, like the nine. We were like, I don't give a fuck if you do it, but I'm not doing it. So the inner turmoil of this band started unraveling because of fashion, literally because of fashion. (laughs) Two of the other band members kind of took towards it. You know, they were dabbling with the black and, you know, maybe the eyeliner or what have you. And me and one of the other members was like, no, dude. To appease our singer, one 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 day we did all wear shit like that just for a fucking photo shoot. And it's one of the worst photo shoots I feel we've ever had. So, <clears throat> as always, good things always just come to an end without getting into all the, the crazy bullshit. A lot of stupid shit happened that made this band ultimately end, right? At what point did you guys, some of you guys came to talk to me about Norman? Did we? Yeah. Oh, I don't even remember that. You and Mikey and I think Scott. You all came to my house and you were like asking questions about like, is this really how he is? You're right. You know what it was? Towards the end of Super Soul, you and I rekindled our friendship mm-hmm. and I started hanging out at your house almost every day. Right. When I was when I wasn't touring or playing a show, I was with you at your house. Right. You you at this point had taken a break from music. You you had your well, first I was still time. doing it, but I was doing it like by myself. I was on a small yeah, yeah but um, I mean, you walked away from the big picture. Right. You were still doing your shit. But, so you and I, yeah, you're right. I think we had a party or something like that at your house. Yeah. Those dudes showed up and they were, they were asking you that. So, yeah, that was towards the, the tail end of it. So, yeah. again, without going through all the, the bitter, boring beat details, this band ultimately, unfortunately, ended up breaking up. Fortunately, bitch. What do you mean, unfortunately? <laughs> <laughs> well because again just like i wasn't you guys, a part of it so fucking whatever <laughs> that's what you get for making me quit you didn't come with me <laughs> well you know so, and then well okay continue and then yeah go ahead so no things started picking up right to where it just happens with this dude our singer shit starts picking up and right when like the good stuff is going to happen like all these things just start causing a ruckus in the band you know what i mean some some of the guys will blame me. Some of the guys will blame Norman. Some of the guys blame two of the members. It, it was just a, a fucking pointing of the fingers game at that point on who ruined the band. You know what I mean? Right. And then, so. then Norman started another band, and he yeah, asked, so super. He asked you and I, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so well, let's finish. Super right. Soul is now done. Done. So you and I are hanging out. We just start fucking fiddling around in your living room. We're recording bullshit songs, this and that. So yeah, while we were doing that, Norman asked us to join. He had started, well, actually, when Super Soul officially ended, we had told each other, this band is done, but we have obligations to fulfill. I think we had like two or three shows left to play. We had to play those shows and talk about uncomfortable fucking four six hour drives dude yeah we all know it's over we're doing it just to do it we had our last show here in el paso i forgot the name of the place wasteland or oh wasteland. Waste, wait no no no, no. It, it was right there on lee trevino in that shopping center across from like the hong kong buffet and, and the oh, what's it called i have no idea uh, golden corral wait yeah, no, I, I, I know which one you're talking about i remember it but yeah yeah that was our last show. So 
we had to finish out these shows and they were just fucking crazy uncomfortable. But while we were finishing those shows, Norman had already started his band, right? Mm-hmm. Which kind of, that's what left a sour taste in my mouth is that we all said, all right, we're done. <laughs> you know, some, some I, of the I members. Ne- I never leave a sour taste in your mouth. It's usually pretty Never. Good. It's like pineapples. <laughs> <laughs> so, again, I don't want to get into too much of the detail, but everyone said they're done. They're tired of Norman shit, blah, 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 blah. We end the band. Turns out two of the members were like, nah, never mind. We're going to stick with Norman. What the fuck? Yeah. What the fuck was the point of the four of us rallying around together saying Norman's doing this, Nor-, and then, but thanks, guys. You ultimately fucked the rest of us because you convinced me to not want to do it. Right. And then so, that's when Norman reached out to us, right? Yeah. Norman started a band called Lila. Um, it was a while after. It wasn't immediately after that he reached out to us. He was having problems with one of his guitar players or his guitar player and they had a, a bass player who was a friend of ours from Albuquerque who used to hang out with Super Soul a whole lot. I think shit, like, shit with them started falling apart before he called us. Right. And then we sent him along. We thought about it mm-hmm. and we both agreed because I think he was very like upfront about like, if you join this band, you're going to have to wear makeup and fishnets and all this shit. Yeah. And, I was, and I should have told you like, I am not doing that. Like yeah. I am not to me, I'm in it for the music and the music only. I don't give a fuck about that. If I want to wear a fucking t-shirt and jeans, I'm going to wear a t-shirt and jeans. Yeah. And so we sent them this long John Deere letter, <laughs> uh, essentially saying like, dude, like, no, it's like, if, if that's off the table, like if we don't have to do conform to that bullshit, like we're in. Cause like, yeah, we want to do it for music. I think we could do something cool, but if you want us to wear all this bullshit, fuck no. And that was it. That was actually the last, not the last time I spoke to Norman because I ran into him one time on a drunken night, uh, but actually the last, um, I guess you could say, communi- exchange between him and I. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't spoken to him since, yeah. But that's when we started Ashling. Well, kind of. So there, oh, there's a funny, that's right. I forgot story. about that bullshit. So, yeah. so you and I were fucking around in your garage. Yeah, we were. And Hot and not heavy. Yet. Everywhere, the kitchen, the bathroom, <laughs> you name it. <laughs> and you get a call from a drummer, right? This guy, fucking. Hey, Wei, you don't know hey, who Wei. I am, way, but dude, yeah. Let me tell you. The, let me tell this story. <laughs> you tell me about it, and I get mad. I said, "Fuck no! I thought we were going to do our own thing." And blah, blah. You were like, "You know what, dude? You're right. All right, I'm not going to do it." <laughs> so you told this guy to eat shit, right? Yeah. Fucking fast forward, like four months later, I'm at home. I get this phone call, right? I answer the phone. Uh, I didn't recognize the caller ID. So I'm like, hello. And he's like, can I speak to Adrian Way? Or I think his name, or I think, or I think his name is D Way. Is D there? <laughs> and I was like, dude, he sounded like, like a fucking cholo. And I'm like, oh shit, what did I do? And I was like, no, nah, he's not here, man. This is his brother. You wait. You're his brother, wait? <laughs> So that I was like, yeah, this is his brother. Agent, agent's not here right now. Can, you want to leave a message? He's like, hey, wait. Okay, well, you need to tell him, wait. My name is Ricky Murphy. I'm from a band called Slacks, Way. And it's because, wait, your brother's a badass bass player. I said, like, bad, wait. And I know that Super Soul's broken up. It's because I want him to try out for my band, wait. We're a band called Slacks. We're fucking good, wait. We played... <laughs> 
we, we've played shows way. I know Joe Dorgan way, Hijo way. I know BK. <laughs> and then I'm like, okay. So then now I'm curious because it's actually me, right? right pretending right. to pretending to be Gussie. Yeah. I'm like, oh really? So what? What kind of band? It's because way. We love the Daftones way. <laughs> Think about it, way. It's something different way. Our singer way, he jumps around way, like up and down. He wears wife beaters way, like nothing you've ever seen before. Like he's going all, all into this shit. And I'm like, I don't know, man. I don't know. Like I'm starting to like this guy, but I don't know if I would like the band, right? <laughs> and he get, then he gets to his guitar player. Wait, we got this guitar player where he looks like a pinchy bug way. He's got these <laughs> long dreads that go in front of his face, and but he's different way. He's an electronic musician who plays guitar. And I'm like, well, I don't know what that means. He likes this band way called Aphex Twin Way. And they're real, they're they're fucking weird way, like devil worshippers way. I don't I don't know what it is, but he plays these and so that's what got me curious. And I was like, all right. So the, dude, honestly, I'm on the phone with this guy for an hour. It's like he thought he was talking to me, but he was talking to but it was me, but it was me pretending yeah. to be God. Right, right. And it was an hour of him trying to convince me to convince Adrian, <laughs> me, to join this band. To join this band. <laughs> so finally, I hang up with them and I'm like, oh, you know what, I'll, I'm going to try out. I'll, I'll at least go to their house, right? So I call him back a day later. Ricky's like, hey, wait. And he goes into the whole spiel again. And I'm like, fuck, dude, I got to go through this all over again. <laughs> anyway, he picked, He says, I'll pick you up, whatever. He picks me up in his truck. And it's just awkward, dude. Fucking quiet. Hey, wait, what are you into, Way? Mm-hmm. Just trying to small talk. And I'm like, dude, this fucking Cholo's a musician? Like, I, don't, I do not understand what's going on here. So, so real quick, just kind of so people understand, like, kind of what's happening. So Rick was he was a fan of swim. Like he knew who we were because yeah. of swim. And yeah. so once he heard that everything just kind of, we didn't know this guy at all, yeah. but he knew who we were. And so yeah. it was like, he kicked into high gear. Like I'm going to get these guys to be in a band with me. Well, you don't let me get to the, the punch yet. No. Okay. Sorry. But throw that in there. Yeah. So I show up to practice to their practice. I didn't have a base. I was like, I just want to hear what you guys are about. I walk in, I see Gijo from Upshot. And I'm like, oh, you didn't fucking tell me it was Gijo from Upshot, right? So right off the bat, I'm like, oh, I feel a little comfortable. It's it's Gijo. Mm-hmm. So they start playing. I hear him. I've, you know, I've always liked him as a vocalist. And I'm really I'm really paying, att- paying attention to their guitar player, Luke, because as a bass player, I'm like, oh, what, what, what am I working with here? So <clears throat> they finish playing, and they bring me a bass. Their bass player left, the, left his bass there. Dude, I'm literally... They're talking amongst themselves and I'm warming up. I'm just fiddling around. And then I look up and they're all looking at me like I fucking slapped somebody. And I was like, what? I was like, what? What happened? And Ricky just goes, that's it, Wayne. You're in, Wayne. You're in the band, Wayne. If that's how you play, Wayne, you're in the band. I was like, I wasn't even doing anything. I was just, I was just noodling around. Fuck it, Wayne. Want it, Wayne? It's yours, Wayne. You're in, Wayne. And I was like, I don't, yeah, I guess. So the funny part of the story is, is the band that I told Paul not to join is the band that I ultimately joined. (laughs) But it gets better, though. I mean, these fucking happy accidents. Look, I look at it like this. But real quick, I was really I was totally fine that I didn't join it, though, because I wasn't into what you guys were doing. Yes, I know you weren't. But here's what I was going to get at at the happy accidents. Right. Had you joined that band? You would have pissed off everybody. They would have pissed you off. You guys would have hated each other. And who knows if Ashton wouldn't, wouldn't have, would have ever come about. Right. I've always been 
your your cool, calm voice of reason. Right. So it's like God made me join this band to get what we needed to start Ashland. Right. So I'm in I'm in Slex. I join this band. I we do a few shows. Turns out I'm I'm not really feeling it. Right. So I tell Paul, "Hey man, the drummer and the guitar player is everything we've ever wanted. If I bring them out." Well, we started band officially because we'd always toyed around with the idea. You know, you're 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 a fresh new dad. You got responsibilities now, and I'm like, but we got to make it serious. And you're like, dude, absolutely. No, I said no. Oh, you said no? Yes, I I didn't like Rick at first. Oh wow, I didn't remember that. Yeah, and so Rick would just started to randomly show up at my house, begging me to join the band. Oh, that's right. And I was like, who is I this? I was like, who the fuck is this guy? And that's when he would tell me, it's because, you know what, I know who you are, Way, and, you know, and swim, like, come on, Way, like, I'm a good drummer. And, like, he was just always, like, randomly showing up for, like, two weeks, like, almost every day, just showing up to the point where I started to like him. Yeah. I was like, fuck. I don't know what yeah, that guy, dude, that guy is like herpes in a good way, man. You and, know what I'm saying? And so that's when I said, look, Adrian, I've always wanted to do, you know, be in a band with you again. Like, we're best friends. We're brothers. The only way I'll do it is if you guys, I straight up told Rick, I said, you guys, I don't want to join your band. I want you guys to join me. Like, as arrogant as that sounds, I just was adamant because I had already written, remember I wrote, um, Left uh, to right. Yeah, left to right. I had written a couple of songs and I was already like, no, like I need somebody to join me. I don't need to join anybody. And then plus you were already unhappy anyways. Yeah. So you had told me like the guitar player is really good. And I had, I think I even went to a show. I saw you guys play one time. Yeah. And uh, I was like, yeah, he is pretty good. Uh, Rick was good. And so finally, once I started to to, to grow a, a, a liking of Rick, um, we we finally got together we 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 practiced and we actually completed left to right yeah and that's i had to i had to quit yet another band and when i told when i quit slex i told our guitar player at the time i was like yeah man this isn't for me i'm starting something fresh i'm out yeah okay man and then ricky looks at him and goes it's a package deal away i'm going with him (laughs) And that guitar player was like, what? You're going too? And then Ricky was like, and way. I'm sorry, way. I'm taking Luke with me, way. <laughs> and the guy the guy was like, you know what? The minute Adrian or D joined the band, he's like, I knew this was going to happen. So I'm not, I'm not shocked that you guys are taking off. Yeah, yeah. And there we went. There we went. Hit the ground running. So it was me, you, Ricky, and Luke. Yeah. We had yet, we had yet to find a singer. Right. And we were just right away we clicked musically. Yeah. Um I I grew fond of Rick. Um, but we were always practicing, we were always writing songs. For mm-hmm. whatever reason, people right out the gate liked us, like musically, like we had a lot of people coming to our show uh, not our shows, but our practices and just listening and it was different well, and, it, and it felt we, great. We had, you and I had always entertained the idea of I, I mean, I guess at the time, that's all we can label him as a DJ, right? So your brother knew, actually, no, Marcy's brother. We were hanging out with Marcy's brother. Anyway, he happened to know a, a DJ, and we got our friend Corey into the band. 
So at this point, we still don't have a singer. It's the five of us, four of how many of us? One, two, three, five of us. Yeah. Playing and Corey Corey had this amazing house in um on the west side. Central. Oh, central. I thought Mesa's always isn't Mesa the West Side? Uh, it's more it's in the what they call the how was that area called now? I don't remember, but it's a beautiful oh, fucking house. I'm an east sider at heart. I hate leaving the east side. So anything past Bassett is west side for me. Yeah. So so um we had this amazing practice space downtown in this basement. So I to this very day don't remember how we got our first singer, Jacob. I don't either. Do you remember? No, I no. Oh, it was Rick. Rick knew who he was. Oh, anyway, okay. there's a singer way. He's really good way. That's how it started. Yeah. So, so of course, fucking all right, well, let's bring him in here then. We brought him in and you're gonna say. Oh wait, what you wait, want. wait, wait, we're skipping. Wait, are we skipping? No, Rudy came after. Oh, okay, 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 okay. Sorry. Yeah, Rudy came after. So we got Jacob in the band. He came, showed up one night, threw out some shit, and you you can agree to disagree or whatever you want to do, fight me on it. We were all fucking floored. This guy has an amazing voice. No, I mean I agree a hundred percent. I okay. I mean, amazing. Like, yeah, I mean, yeah. such a great voice. Even now, he still plays and he's still got a great voice. During during this whole time, I I, I it's not relevant to our music, but another good thing that happened during this whole time, I met my wife during this whole process. Why do you got to ruin the story, Adrian? <laughs> what? That's a part of my story. Whatever. whatever. So she, she was a big, whatever. <laughs> she was a big part of, no, I'm not saying choosing Jacob, but she was with me when we had given him one of our, our a recording of Left to Right. And he and I, Dina and I went to his house and we were drinking and he was like, hey man, you want me to show you what I have so far? He took us into his garage, had this little speaker, he played left to right and he sang over it and I got fucking chill. So I was the first one to hear what he had finished on this song and so was Dina and she was like, oh my God. So yeah, so then um, I, 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 I didn't know, I didn't know that story, but yeah. Um, but yeah, right away it was like... Jacob was good, like he was really good. Yeah. Uh, we don't have to and, go all the, the right, right. No, but then you know, just really quick, just kind of to fast forward. Uh, Rick, uh, he was friends with BJ Pondo, which is very well known here uh, in El Paso. Producer, mm-hmm. um, singer, amazing dude. Um, very, very different stylistically from what we were doing, but he was willing to take us in, and we recorded in his studio, and that was actually. A, pretty damn good recording considering the time period and and being yeah. that he was not a rock producer you know oh, uh jacob was on that ep it was like a four song ep uh he did yeah. really good we so one thing that i really want to touch on is we play a show with norman's new band at fucking 101 yep that show yep. was first of all it was like so we were already playing we had had we played shows yet at that point i don't know either way people were like really wanting to see us because it was like holy shit paul and adrian from swim have a band and then norman's band is playing and it was this crazy colliding of like us right and that show was fucking packed yeah as a matter of fact i want to say that was our first show i really want to say that was our first show i almost think so too i remember With Jacob in the band, 
we only had a few shows. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I want to say that was the first one because I remember stepping off stage. People were like bum rushing us, and like we were already signing autographs. And I'm like, do people not realize I'm we're still the same guys that live here? Like we're not. Yeah, touring and you know what I mean. And I remember like, getting that same feeling that night, looking over at you, looking over at Jacob, looking over at Ricky and Luke. I remember like fuck that feeling that I got from the first show that you and I played together on that same fucking stage several years yeah. before that. That feeling was back again. Right. What I loved about this band, what I loved about okay, so let's go back. We not back, but so this band at the time we we decided to call it Bleak. The oh, name that's of the band, right. Bleak. It yeah. was not Ash. It was Bleak. But Paul did some digging on the internet and found out that there was a band, an established band by the name of Bleak. Mm-hmm. And we all had to, we now, we now needed to change our name. And Paul was the one who actually, I got a phone call one night and he was like, dude, I'm going to throw something at you. And he throws out this name, Ashlene. And I was like, no, man, it sounds like a girl's name. He goes, wait a minute grab a pen or uh, I think you told me to grab something to write with. And I was like, all right. And you said, A I S L I N G. And I was like, that's Eileen Isling. He's like, no, it's pronounced near like it's pronounced Ashleen. And he's like, it's an, uh, an Irish or Icelandic. What was it? Irish. An Irish. It's a Gaelic Gaelic word. Yeah. Biblical term. Right. Well, I think out of some, I don't know. I don't even know. Yeah, I think you. The way you presented to me was it was a biblical term that mean that stands for dream or vision, and I was like, dude, that's exactly what we have. This whole thing is our dream and our vision. I'm in. Biggest Boom. mistake I ever made. Fucking hate that name. Oh God, hate she, that. And you hate everything. Should have kept it as bleak. I don't care. We, we couldn't. We could have gone with Paul and Adrian. I would have been happy with that. <laughs> Wardalano. Wardalano. We've always thought about that one. <laughs> But yeah, so that show was pretty, pretty great. We went on stage. People, the response was amazing. Like, yeah, um, I remember waiting to see Norman's band. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't know. I mean, the crowd kind of wasn't the same. I mean, I'm not gonna say. I don't know. Whatever. I think there was just a lot of hype around that show because it was our first time being back together. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe I've, uh, maybe I've enhanced or exaggerated it in my own head. But either way, we it was do. it was a great moment for me. Um, yeah. Jacob was have, amazing that night. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Everything was on fire that night. So we have Jacob in the band. We did like four or five shows. One one of which was we played the MTV caffeine tour. We got to open up for Long Beach Dub All Stars. Yeah. We it was a great experience, right? We're writing all this great material. These songs are coming out. But for whatever reason, I think it was a clash of personalities. I don't remember. Yeah, that's what Jacob, it was. It was, Jacob, it, was, it was, you can say it, it was because of me. Like, Jacob and I just. It's because you always say I blame everything on you, but I don't blame everything on you. I just tell the story as it is. Personality wise, I think <laughs> Jacob and I just didn't mesh. It, it wasn't as severe as like the drummer of Swim, right? Yeah. Like between you and the drummer of Swim. But it was just like, for whatever reason, just there was just, I don't know, call it egos. I don't know. Um, but it yes. just, it just, it wasn't. It, to me, things weren't feeling right, and I kind of had this like, I don't know. I was just like, I don't, I don't. Having gone through the experiences I had been through, I didn't want. I knew better. I learned. I was kind of like, you know what? If there's going to be tension between an, any other band member, either I don't want to do this, or something's got to give because I'm not, I'm not going to put myself through this again. Yeah. And and so, and that's nothing against Jacob. Jacob's a cool dude, down to earth for whatever reason. Just create yeah. creatively. We just for whatever reason 
we would clash at times. And so right. he decided to to leave the band. I think he decided to leave the band. I don't know. I don't remember, but he, he left. Right. So there we were, I and Dry. Fuck, what do we do now? I don't remember how you found Rudy. So in steps a friend of ours who we've known from throughout the scene for a few years. His name is Rudy. We had this one song that, that we had written, and we were like, well, let's just give him this song to um, try out on. The song is ultimately called Carry On, but that comes later. Rudy shows up. Um, you know, I, I owe Rudy a lot of things. You know, he's an, he's an amazing singer. He's a cool dude. I love him to death. He's but the one thing I'll always, I'll always press him for is he showed me glass jaw. Rudy is another <laughs> guy that, like, impacted my life. Yeah. Specifically because of Glass Jog. They're one of my all time favorite bands, hands down. But anyway. So, Rudy and I, I mean, we still talk. Um, yeah. He's actually going to be helping us out um, with something that we're doing for, for our guitars. Uh, guitars he's yeah. in uh, a band that's pretty oh. fucking badass. So, um, so, yeah. Again, circle back to, well, we'll, we'll circle back to that right now. Well, we can just say it now. So Rudy tried out for Ashling. Jacob was in Ashling. They are now both in a band called A Phone <laughs> oh, and Earth. That's right. That's crazy. Yeah. Wow. And, but, and keep in mind, this was like almost 20 years ago. Not like... Yes. <laughs> yeah. So both of our singers are in a band together. And you've only shown me one video. Yeah. And, it and sounds... the, guy, the, oh, the guy playing drums looks like my very first drummer... When I was in that Smashing Pumpkin band called Static, oh. we were eventually eventually called Illusion after that. But anyway, wow. this guy named this guy named Mike Hernandez, who was also in a band with Jared from March Divide. <laughs> I don't know if it's him, but it looks like him. Well. If that's Mike Hernandez from Static or Illusion, that's crazy how I was in a band with all three of those dudes. Dude, if if you can get SCDs from being in a band with somebody, we would all be fucking riddled with them. If there's kids running around, none, <laughs> nobody knows who, whose it is. If if guys were to, if bands can have kids, <laughs> we'd, we're like, that's your kid. No, sir, that was the time for Jacob. <laughs> wow, man. That's crazy. So, all world is seen, right? But it's kind of like all the good musicians just eventually find each other and at least have to try it. Yeah. So the thing so, with Rudy was Rudy did a hell of a job on that song. I loved did. his voice. Dude, to this very day. I wish we could find that song, dude. I made up your mind. Dude, I still remember that song. I remember his melody. I remember the way he screamed. I remember all of it. Yeah. So the reason it didn't work out was not because he didn't do a good job or because we didn't vibe there. Because we did. We totally did. It was just, I guess, chance, fate, the way things worked out. That's where the the final singer of Ashling came into the picture, right? Yes, it gets it gets a little. So, how did we discover him? It gets a little complex. So, a few of my good friends that I've known forever, they were in a band called Unsound. They eventually called themselves Hinged. So, um, one of the members in particular, my friend Charles, he and I have been childhood friends forever. Oh, that's right. I produced. I thought it was Unhinged. No, it was Hinged. because oh, I yeah, produced so, one of their EPs, right? Yes, for Hinged. Yeah. But when they were. When they were together as a whole with the original members, they were called Unsound. Okay. Um, I actually gave them that name. Hey, look, I sounded just like you real quick. Their name, I named them. <laughs> um, so, so, um, 
I'm hanging out with them right in between, just shooting the breeze. They're, they're good friends of mine. We always hung out together. And um, there was this guy. How did, how did the story go? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, wait, fuck. I can't remember now. Okay, so Charles and Charles and I went to a show for whatever reason. I don't I don't know how we ended up at the show or what. And there was this band playing, a band by the name Surreal. And I recognized the guitar player because he was the guitar player that band selects that I stole Ricky and Luke from. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, it's Steve's band. Cool. I didn't know he was in the band. This little kid, dude, this little dude, pasty whale, pasty white guy, curly red hair. Grabs the mic and I'm like, oh, dude, I can only imagine what the fucking sounds like, dude. Pobrecito, man, I don't get it. They start playing and this voice comes out of this dude, man. Uh, this little guy that you would not expect to have this angelic voice, dude. The way he's getting down, the way he's fucking screaming, I'm like, oh my god, I think I found our next singer. But I have to talk to Paul about it, so I don't know. What's, and back then, you know, what I mean, I didn't have a cell phone; like, it wasn't a thing. To, you know what I mean? So I was like, "Fuck, okay." If, if I know Steve knows him, then I can get to Steve through Ricky, and I'll find this kid somehow. See, Rudy, it wasn't my fault. <laughs> <laughs> no, Rudy, we we had already no, we had already done, hadn't we? No, I think I don't. I don't even honestly. That's a big blur. But yeah, I remember it was you that brought. I think you talked to Ricky about it first. Because then it was it was both you and Ricky like, hey, like check out this singer. You guys had a demo well, or something. No, but here here's the thing that happened. So, yeah. So I'm trying to think. I'm trying to say, okay, how do I, how do I how do I bring this guy up? Anyway, it turns out, unfortunate turn of events, the band that he was in, his drummer had passed away. Unfortunately. Yeah, really tragic and, too. Yeah, real tragically. And he and the guys from Unsound wanted to do a collaboration like tribute track to their to his, right. yeah. to his to his drummer. So they tell me about it. Charles was like, Hey, remember that one band? And I was like, What? They're gonna be at your house? I said, I, I gotta be there. I showed up. I don't remember if I showed up with Ricky or not. I was with I was with you. Where are you at? Yeah. Uh, Charles is Okay. Where we were That's outside right. in the street yes. listening. Yes. Yeah, I was there. You, it was me, you, and Ricky. And you were like, that's the guy? Because at this and point, you, you had already, you and Ricky had approached me and were like, we found this guy. You got to listen. Uh, and we heard this little demo and I was like, yeah, he sounds good, but you know. Uh. Yeah. And then we decided to go to that yeah, practice. He did great. Yeah, we did great. They worked on that that song and they practiced that song while we were there and you know, Ricky was like, that's him? Because I don't think Ricky had seen him at this point. Right. I think Ricky heard him. Because, you know, he doesn't look like, you know, a rock star. Well, he didn't at the time. He was a real anyway, humble, yeah. real timid. Long story short, we approached him. He came in. Uh, he did the... We, we, as Ashling with Jacob, had a song that was going to be on a compilation called the Kid Antrim compilation. So... Our song with Jacob called Left to Right was going to be on that compilation because that's the one we had recorded and that's the one we all liked. We told Miguel, here's the song. Sorry, dude, you're going to have to keep the melody. Just change just change the words because well, this song is not on a compilation. We need real, to keep this well, song. Go back a little bit. I remember we waited till everybody left and we got we we isolated Miguel 
Oh yeah, well I was already past that. Yeah, I was already. And we, we had, already and that's that. when we asked him if he'd be interested. And I remember at the time he was kind of like, well, I don't know, man. Like he was kind of weirded out by us approaching him. Yeah, I just felt yeah. that was a very interesting, <clears throat> uh, a very uh, memorable part of the story. But continue. Yeah, that's true. So yeah, and he does it. He keeps the the, the melody from you know what Jacob had written and. He shows up one day. I don't even remember how we tried him out or where. I don't know if we just recorded him at, at, at the studio or what we did, but he fucking nailed it. Yeah, that's and, what we did. We took him to my studio. Yeah, to Monterey House. Yeah, right? yeah. We recorded it. Yeah. And away we went. Dude. So Ashley essentially, yeah. Was, so like what you said, he actually redid the melodies the same as Jacob. He just put his own lyrics. His own lyrics, yeah. And that also came from the fact that we gave him the version with Jacob and he said that he just could not get the Jacob part out of his head. Like he, so that's when we had that idea. If oh, you, that's right. Yeah. You're right. So it was kind of like, he was like, dude, I just can't like his, what he did is just like ingrained, but we didn't want to get rid of the song. So we, we were like, well, we don't that complex. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So in, so, uh, Miguel. Yeah. In comes Miguel. Cute little Miguel. So he did he did the song left to right and then the song, like I said, it was gonna come back later. The song that we had given to Rudy, we told Miguel, Here man, sing on this song. Show us what you have to offer. That you know, you're just copying our old singer. Show us what you have to offer. He wrote his song, he wrote his part of that song, which he he named the song Carry On, which was about his drummer, mm -hmm. his friend drummer that had passed away. And that's when I was like, What the fuck, dude? This is it, man. And then this we, we did a, a full length. That was the very last full length I've ever done in my life. Yeah. We pushed on. We did a full length called Estrella, is what we ultimately ended up naming it. Um, so it was the band rounded out me, you, Ricky, Luke, and Miguel. And that way we went. That part. So yeah, we, we, we ditched the whole DJ thing. Um, we never even did a show with the DJ. Did we? Yes, we did. We did? Yeah. Yes, we did several. He was, every show that Jacob was a part of, Corey was a part of. He actually performed with, really? I don't remember that. Dude, I remember oh. when we played the the caffeine tour, MTV caffeine tour. Oh, he that is right. Yeah, now I remember. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't know why. Yeah. I don't know why. I, couldn't, I don't remember that. So I remember Corey always telling me he was going to take out a tennis racket and that he was going to shit in his own hand and and then hit it into try to hit it into the crowd with the tennis racket being obviously that it's gonna probably just go through the holes and and i, well, I never saw that happen so i just assumed he wasn't he wasn't in the that's right yeah. but no yeah, uh, th yeah. That, that was He's a like, really good time man that that was great but the best. but once miguel was in the band we really i i felt like we were whole i felt like I, things were complete. a lot of a lot of things had calmed down and we got very serious very quick yeah because yeah. things started happening really quick with us yeah and you know the the i guess the you want to call it the partying phase you know my daughter was born right at the the height of like i, I know my wife was pregnant the entire time through the estrella process you know what i mean she was always in the studio with us doing her homework pregnant as shit on your bed you know what i mean so like for whatever reason, people were really drawn to that band. And anytime we played, like we were playing in front of like packed fucking crowds. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, I'll never forget the time <clears throat> that we purposely said, 
hey, let's put a rumor out there that we're already going to start breaking up. And the whole reason why we did was, as we said, I bet you a million bucks Norman shows up to that show. Do you remember this? Where did we play it? It was at Wayside Cafe. And we said, let's put that rumor out there. I don't remember how we did it, but we started like, yeah, let's put the rumor out there that we're going to, we're going to break up because we at this point had said, we felt that Norman was just really wanting oh, to see oh, us oh. fail. That was, that was that time that that place was packed, right? Yes. And he shows oh. up. Okay. And he was there for a couple of songs and he just seemed to leave. Like he was so fucking pissed. Um, I think he even asked, actually, so then, that's right, we did talk at that show, so we did communicate. I think he had asked me, like, if we were going to break up or something, and I was like, nah, man, no, nah, that was just a joke. And so yeah. he stuck around for, like, two songs and left. Because um, I remember he had shown up to a show we did at Bombardier's. It mm-hmm. was it was one of those, those, those last-minute filler shows. There was, like, 40 people there. We didn't really push it, but he was there for some odd reason. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and that's what was great about that band is that we were doing everything for fun. It was fun. We all liked the songs. We, um, things were going pretty, pretty good. What I, what I loved about this band is even though you like to say more times than not, but we all wrote the songs with the exception, yes, of a few. You wrote some songs. White Lie. I wrote White Lie. We'd always show up. Your brother lived in the lower valley. He let us use one of his rooms, two of his rooms to practice and record in. That was and my Thea's house. It was a sat- on Saturdays, dude. And I mean, every song that we wrote on Estrella literally came from just jam sessions. Yep. And that's where my, well, that's where my, my addiction for that type of writing comes from. Except, right? for, except, for, except for White Lie. Yeah, okay, yes, except for White Lie. Yes, say it again. Say it again. <laughs> One more time. I'm sorry, did you write White Lie? Yes, I wrote I White Lie. Sorry, I'm very proud of that song. <laughs> and I can't even play it anymore because I don't remember how I did it. That's all right. I, I wrote two, then four, and I'm pretty proud of it, too. That's, yeah, that's very true. <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, so things were going pretty good. Um, every time we played, it was packed. Um, you know, we, yeah. we did. Yeah, we started getting opportunities we opened up for dredge code seven and uh strata yeah um, wasp at one point for who wasp oh yeah that's right we got to play with pissing razors and wasp that was pretty cool um so i think one time we were on tour and we went to phoenix we were going to play phoenix remember this is where jerry comes back into the picture Mm -hmm. and we show up and it is like there's like hundreds of people waiting to go into this club. And I'm like, mm-hmm. these are not people for us because right away I look at them and they look like, like gutter punk kids, you know? Yeah. And I'm like, what the fuck? So uh, I remember we go in to talk to the booking agent booking agents. Like, dude, I guess we accidentally double booked you guys. You guys still want to be in the bill. And we were like, this crowd will fucking murder us in during the beginning of our first song so no thank you remember that yeah so jerry showed up to see us play he was like fuck it you guys aren't gonna play who cares you know no big deal what do you guys need fucking bust out he gave us money um just like it was and, and and just seeing him again 
after all those years and reminiscing and then finding out some of the shit that happened between him and Norman, like, but yeah. still it was just like, it was just, you know, you, you, just this feeling of like at peace with somebody that, you know, was very, very significant to your life, you know? Oh, I, love it. yeah. I always tell people, I have this saying, if I've loved you and I've gotten you and I got your back from day one and I see you 20 years later, the only thing that's changed is time. That's it. Right. I, I don't care that we haven't spoken as long as there's no ill will and we, we didn't do each other wrong. The only thing that's changed is time. So when I saw him, I hadn't seen him in ages. We hugged like we had not, like we lost contact 50 years ago. Yeah. He um, he no longer does any of that stuff. I think he has his own like record store or something now. Oh yeah, you told me about that. <clears throat> but yeah, so things were were trucking along, and then um, we hit a pivotal point. I mean, things things were good. I mean, like we already told the story about when we played one on one, and mm-hmm. like that was Miguel's first show, right? And um, yeah. you know me, I like to name drop. That was like like, and I thought about this the other day because there's a big show coming into town, and the headliner is As I Lay Dying, and I always think back to that show because that's when <laughs> As I Lay Dying was like begging me to be. A, open up for us which is fucking nuts yeah um because i said no like a fucking idiot mm. um but you know like it is what it is but anyways things were were good like everything was what we had always wanted uh things to be like but then i guess it's like always the business when it starts getting too business things start to change right so now all of a sudden we're um we're faced with, okay, let's get a, a better producer. Let's 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 put out another album. Let's do this. So this is where we already talked about it, where we had three options for producers to work with. It was one dude that was an engineer on uh, one of Deftones' albums. It was a producer for Goo Goo Dolls. And then it was uh, Steve Kravak, who produced Blink-182. And um, that's the route that we decided to go. Right? You decided to go. <laughs> Uh, yeah i mean at the time i I thought it was a good decision nothing against steve kovac it just for for our path for our path um it was not the right decision yeah in Um, the long run yeah so i mean so we were out in la and you know we cut uh ep and um but things started to, to i think drift between members um when was it that Luke, we decided that Luke was not in the, It was after that, or after we recorded with Steve, right? Yeah. Yeah. It was right after we, for whatever reason, we felt like things weren't working out with Luke, the guitar player at the time. Uh, I think he kind of felt it too. And it was not that we didn't get along or anything. It was just that um, he had different things going on in his life. And uh, our vision was just, we weren't, we weren't seeing eye to eye. So Luke left. So this is where, insert somebody that actually goes back to all of this that we haven't mentioned yet. This is when we got Justin in the band. Yep. So exactly. Justin was like, when Swim would play, Justin was like, almost, I, I can't name a single show that Justin wasn't there. Yep. Um, he might as well have been like a part of the band because he was always there. And I always thought from day one, Justin was just like the coolest dude ever. He was even I'm there. Not- so check this out. When you left the band, remember the CD, uh, CD signing that we had and there was like a bunch of people there, right? 
we had another CD signing when that other album came out. Dude, Justin was the only person that showed up. Yeah. Nobody showed up for a fucking autograph. So what does that tell you about like the transition of where the band was when it was us versus when after you left? You know what I mean? Yeah, the, the glue left. Yeah. Sorry. No, for reals, dude. You kicked it out. But I always remember that because I always felt like gratitude toward Justin for for showing up, you know? Like yeah. Justin's he, always been, Yeah, he's always been amazing people, dude. Always. Love the guy till the day I die. Yeah. He's listening. I love you. So when we got him in the band, it was a no brainer. It was like this is what we needed, you know? Um unfortunately it was short lived. Mm-hmm. Um so you know, we showcased for he was he was part of the showcase for the record labels, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then things were just kind of, you know, teetering along this, like, I don't know. We didn't know what was going to happen. We were waiting for record labels to get back to us. They were coming in slowly, but surely some record labels were like, yeah, you guys are good, but let's, you know, some of them were like, nah, it's not our thing. Then we Here's decided to write. Yeah. Yes. Here's what happened. Okay. Nothing happened with those labels. A few of the band members, myself included, were mad. But I used that anger as fuel. And I said, you know what? Let's write the fucking album of a lifetime. I said, that's it. I don't care anymore. I don't want to worry about that shit anymore. I just want to write amazing music. And I think you and I were kind of on the same wavelength of, haha, the joke is going to be on you, my man, not on me. Right. And we wrote five or six. Wait, wait, wait. What? Was Rick what? in the band still when we wrote those songs? Oh, you're right. Nope. Ricky was gone. So Ricky we, had for whatever reason, first... we were, I think what it was is when a lot of that shit was falling through with the record labels, we were starting to like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to wholeheartedly admit to something here. Uh, this is me getting real, real, real. Okay. Not fake real. You're going to be real, 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 real. Yeah. Dude. When we were preparing for that showcase, because we knew that a lot was riding on that showcase. I mean, uh-huh. we we had every major record label, a bunch of indies there just to see us play. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember in my mind, for whatever reason, and it was probably at odds with everybody, but everybody went along with it. In my mind, I felt like this show had to be perfect. Like almost like not choreographing our show at all, but like, dude, like I was just like, I was like trying to be a fucking, a general in controlling the situation rather than just letting things happen naturally. So Wait, are we now or back, back then? No, right. When we were getting ready for the showcase. The joke, man. Oh, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> Whatever. All right. Yeah. So, even when we were in LA, we were rehearsing and remember Steve Cravat comes in and he was like, he heard the set and was like, okay, that sounds great. But why are you not playing one of the main songs that we actually recorded with him? But it was like the only slow song we had ever written. Right. But uh, apparently what had happened was, is that that was the song on the EP that the record labels were actually intrigued by. Right. And it was a song that we wrote with the intention of like, yeah, it's cool. It's different. Like, let's put it out there, but we'll never play this song live. Right. And so when Steve heard that we weren't going to play it, we kind of got into it because I was like, no, man, like, no, I don't want to. But he was like, but that's what everybody. And I think that's also kind of where he 
was like kind of lost interest in us kind of like all right yeah. you motherfuckers these arrogant fucking kids if you think you know best then fucking cool yeah and so yeah, that so- was my fuck up so when we performed that night during the showcase in my opinion everything just went it went according to plan, but it was not the way it should have gone. And I felt it the whole time that we performed that night. Right. I could just, yeah. I could see it in the audience. I could tell. You could tell with us, like nerves. Yeah. So that showcase comes and goes. Nothing comes of it. Right. right. Well, you know, what's so funny is afterwards when we were talking to the record labels, they were saying things like, well, how come you didn't play that one song? Uh yeah. Why, why remember one of the things is like at that time, like screaming was like already like being phased out, I guess. And like alternative music, whatever, like, why is your singer screaming? I think Miguel even went off on one dude, like talk shit to one of the record label people. It just, it was, it was a disaster. It was was a fucking disaster. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing came of it clearly. Right. But the animosity and the, frustration from it okay so like you said we lost ricky for whatever reason i don't even remember at this point i i can tell you exactly why it was again me trying to figure out what's wrong with the band why what is the problem here right and what i thought thought i had to do with some of his personal issues that was the icing on the cake. But for me personally, like I would get frustrated with Rick because even though he was a great drummer, you know me, I'm a, I'm a perfectionist. And then we would play live like in the middle of a fucking song. He would just change it up. And he oh, was yeah. such a good drummer. He could do that, but it would throw me off. And my OCD brain was always like, dude, why the fuck are you doing that? Like just play the way it's fucking recorded. And so I remember when we were even showcasing, he did shit that I was like, where the fuck is this coming from? And it pissed me off where in hindsight, it's kind of cool that he does that, you know, like, but at the time it pissed me off to where I was like, okay, that's an issue for me. And maybe this is one of the issues. This is one of the things that we need to get rid of in order to make the band what it should be. Yeah. Yeah. And so we aggressively went into the studio well, but without Ricky, though. Right. Ricky's, Ricky's gone. We acquired a friend of ours. His name is Angel. He was in... Hey, Angel. He was, I'm sure. Angel. I'm sure he's this listening This is Angel. To yeah. <laughs> I miss Angel. This Angel. Yeah, me too. I love you, buddy. I haven't seen you in a while, but I love you. Um, we get him in, right? Now I'm just trying to kind of steamroll some things. We get him in. We're all mad. Ricky's gone. We got a breath of fresh air. And we write six of the... Was it six songs? Uh, I think it was five. five no, maybe five it was six. six. Maybe it was six. Five or six of the best songs we had ever written, man. We were there. Like, you felt the energy. You felt the um, the spark again. Like, these songs were just incredible. So we wrote a small EP called The Muse, The Martyr, and Those Who Live to Talk About It. And that album, or EP, to this very day gives me chills because you feel that fucking passion. You and I sat down a lot and wrote these six songs together because you you now lived four minutes from me instead of 20 minutes from me and i was always at your house where you would say hey man i wrote the song come lay your bass down i would hear the song once and my bass line was already done and you were like what the fuck and i'm like dude i felt it yep i just I felt something i decided to go with it 
I, I wish to this day that I had access. I have that computer that we recorded that on, but um, there's something I need to fix it. And if I could gain access to that, I would get those tracks and remix them because I always hated the the mix. I hated the quality of that EP. But but yeah, man, like the music, the the feeling, the emotion, like it was all there. So so we're there. We're emotional. The the albums, the EP is done, and we said, all right. It's time to put this motherfucker in people's faces and just blow blow this shit up. And out of nowhere, a left hook. Our lead singer was like, eh, I'm going to Austin. Yeah. What do you mean you're going to Austin? He ups and quits the band. Yep. To go to go pursue a solo career. We we tried a little bit after that. We got Dre from Yeah. So you and I have not stopped writing music together. Yeah. At all, from the day Ashling ended to now, we have not. So our friend Dre from the band before called Unsound, we got him in. We started a small project called uh, Letters from Earth. Well, that's what I called it because no one else wanted to come up with a name, so I took it upon myself. Uh, two songs, they were fucking amazing. Those two songs, I, I still have. I need to hear. I haven't heard them in God knows how many years. I sent you an audio clip like four months ago. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. But I need to like uh, hear them, wait. Yeah. That so, was with, yeah, with Angel, right? No. Oh, no. I did the drums. Yeah, literally, uh, me, you, and Dre. That's just right. The three. That's right. That's right. Um, so we did that. Um, just, you know, you and I were just bullshitting along the way. And then college came about. You you diverted your attention to your your academics, right? Your life, yep. your bet in your life, your college degrees. And I'm not going to say music took a, a backseat but we did calm down the whole lot mm-hmm. you know me being me I've, I've told you if i can be in nine bands right now i'm gonna be in nine bands and for me i always wanted to be writing music which i never stopped i always wanted to be in the studio but the thought of being in a band just yeah made me want to vomit right and was, me i i have to be in a band yeah so real oh. quick, real quick side note. Um, I'm gonna jump ahead real quick just because I'm gonna say it before I forget. Ten, about ten years later, I was listening to that EP. I'm not a lyric person. Uh, to me, I just listen to music and melody more than anything. And I remember <laughs> sitting there listening, and all of a sudden, I started really paying attention to Miguel's lyrics, and I started realizing, holy fuck, this dude's writing his lyrics about leaving the fucking band, dude. You and I came to the same realization because one time I texted you and I'm like, hey, have you really heard these lyrics? And you're like, oh, my God. Right. Yeah. He was, he was talking about leaving us. And I was like, dude, why? How did we barely fucking figure this out? <laughs> yeah. I mean, he literally was telling us in his lyrics that he was leaving the band. I mean, you had told me because now at this point where, you know, you and I have kids, we have jobs and so it's not like like the heyday where i'd I'd spend every day in the studio with you because you know i had to work and you even told me you're like man there's just something off like he's just struggling with his vocals and he's just would blatantly be like "Ah, i can't come up with anything you tell me what to sing yeah you know what i mean i mean even though the final product was amazing oh phenomenal phenomenal but yeah so so that was uh essentially the end of of ashling yeah that was his goodbye letter yeah so, we played you know, you, one, well, a couple shows, but I remember the last, very, very, very last show. I think uh, it was with Angel. It was at that place, Lucky Devils, wasn't it? Was it? I think so. I think that was the very last show. I don't even remember, to be honest. I always thought it was at the Tea Lounge. Uh, maybe. I don't know. 
but yeah. But yeah, so that was it. So you focused on school. I was still working, what have you. And I, I took a few years off, maybe two years. And then I got a phone call from um, an old friend of ours from around the way. He was, in, he was in another band that we used to play with all the time. At the time, his band was called This Life. I produced uh, two of their EPs. Two, yeah. So my friend Drew called me and he was like, hey, man, me and my brothers, we're starting. We have this band, blah, blah, blah. They're called A Beautiful Morning. I went, I tried out, and yeah, I was in that band for years. I produced you guys too. Yeah, he did. You were supposed to manage us too, but I don't even remember what happened there. Oh man. So we uh I was in a beautiful morning for a long time, a few years, three, four years around there, maybe six years, I don't even remember. Um, we broke up officially in twenty fifteen. Then I was like, dude, I don't know what's going on. You still hadn't had that spark yet, right? You were still like, eh, I don't know, man. And then by the grace of God, for whatever reason, not even for whatever reason, you liked this band. You went to go watch, was it Coheed? Yep, Coheed and Cambria. You went, you went to go watch Coheed and Cambria. You went to a concert, a rock concert for, I don't know if it was the first time in a long time or what. Yep, because I, honestly, dude, like at that point, for years, man, I couldn't go to concerts. I, it was weird. Like, I really took it hard, man. When when Miguel left the band, yeah. Um, so it kind of ruined music for me. Like, like yeah. I couldn't see other bands it. perform. I couldn't like. It was just kind of like, even though you know we didn't have like success, like we weren't like rich and oh. famous and all this you know shit. Yeah. To me, success came from just having a band together that we can write great fucking music and we can go out and perform and show it to people. I don't care if it's two people or what. Like, just that feeling. That, to me, was everything to me, you know? And honestly, like, I took it really hard when Miguel left. I took it very personally when he left because I felt like... uh I'd like to be in control, as you know, um, but I felt like I didn't have the control because when he bailed, it was like, I felt like it was, I was, it was, the rug was ripped from underneath me and yeah. I didn't have the energy anymore at that point with everything else going on in my life and stuff. It was kind of like, okay, maybe this is the sign that I need to give it up. <clears throat> I didn't have the energy to continue and to go through that process of finding people and finding a singer. I was just like, that's it. This is my sign yeah. that I'm done. Yeah. Even but, though as, as hard as I tried, I, yeah. couldn't, I couldn't get you to do it. So that's why I ultimately said, well, you know what I mean? He doesn't want to. As much as I would love to do this with him, he doesn't want to. So right. I have to push on. So I joined A Beautiful Morning. Uh, we had our, our run. It was awesome. 2015, I think, was our last show around there. I think uh, when you went to this concert, you went to Coheed. I think I was on nights because I was already an operator at this point. Yeah, I get this text message. And you were like, you said something across the lines of like, dude, I think I'm ready. And I was like, you ready to make out or what are you going to do? I don't know. And you told me, I think I'm ready to do music again, like the way we used to. And I was like, what the fuck? Are you serious? <laughs> like, dude, I was like, oh my God. And here we are. Yeah. We started, we started tragic. You got the studio back up and running full time to what you wanted, right? You and I actually sat down and said, okay, we've never done this before what direction do we want to go? And we had both said, well, we love electronic music. We love heavy music. Like, 
let's find a way to incorporate this. So you had a great paying job. You were a teacher at this point already. You went out and you bought keyboards and fucking all sorts of shit. And you were like, we're going to write the music first this time around. And I was like, all right, great. Let's do it. We did it. That took us a few months. Come 2016, we finally got the full band together and talk about full circle. So our drummer was my drummer in that band, Fext. And our singer now is was the guitar player of my previous band, A Beautiful Morning. He's now with us. And Justin, who is was our guitar player from Ashling and a lifelong friend of ours, is now in this band. That is Tragic Landing. Yep. Yep. And you and I, of course, have our side project, which is Texas Cutthroat. Yeah, and that that's just helping me to really fulfill the metal me and the heavy shit that I love. Yeah. Um, I've always... The thing about... I don't know if... And, you know, there might be a few people who don't know how Texas Cutthroat came about, but I've always been an um, avid lover of screaming, right? I used to do backup vocals for Ashling. I was a screamer backup vocal guy and i loved it i think it's a beautiful art and i've always had this vision of look good or bad everybody always wants me to be their bass player right some people can be like well that's a good thing man you're a great bass player people always want to utilize your skill bad so i'm like fuck i want to do something else man so i played the brother card and i said a lifelong goal dream of mine is always to be has been to always front a hardcore band the screamer of a hardcore band yeah that's so, how it came about. <clears throat> I never, I didn't originally want to mention this, but um, I'm gonna fuck it, dude. I don't give a shit. We're putting it all out there. So, whatever happened to Norman? Well, but let, let me finish my thought, and then we'll bring that up. <sighs> so, Texas Cutthroat is like our brainchild of you and I love Poison the Well. We love Dillinger Escape Pen. You love Pantera. Like anything, it's he- heavy is the goal, right? Heavy. And then you started incorporating electronics, which kind of threw me for a loop, but in a great way, right? Yeah. So it's just kind of like our, our metal love child, right? And to me, like, even though people are going to say, well, you're just biased because you came up with the name. But yeah, I fucking love the name. I'm proud to be from Texas. And I'll tell you where I got the name from. I, used to, I remember one time we were in LA when I was a super soul. And for the longest time, people back in the 90s, thought for whatever reason el paso was a part of mexico they thought el paso was in mexico because we tell people oh where are you from oh we're from el paso damn you came all the way from mexico to play over here yeah Bitch, el paso texas man what do you mean oh you're from texas and one time this guy was like oh man texas is hardcore no no he would say texas is cutthroat you guys are real cutthroat out there in texas and that always stuck with me yeah forever yeah Oh man, Texas is real cutthroat. And I was like, in just one day it hit me. Texas cutthroat. Yeah. Um Yeah. Yeah, you're welcome. Amazing name. Moving on, because I know you do not pay attention to me. No, I am. Of course I am. So whatever happened to Norman, I remember going back to um one time I was with some friends and we, we heard that Norman's band was in town. It's like, let's go check them out. We had nothing to do. We were just looking for a place to go drink. Uh, this was probably 2014, 15 around there. Uh, yeah. went to this place. I was fucking wasted, fucking wasted. There was like 10 people there to see Norman's band. Um, I'm not gonna lie, man. Like they gave a pretty good show. They sounded great. Uh, Norman 
I remember going outside. My buddy wanted to go smoke. So we, I went outside with him, uh, came in, and then uh, all of a sudden, um, hold on. I just saw that real quick. You just text me. Dude, just say it over there. Oh, I just don't want to interrupt you. Oh, no. Yeah, go- Let me finish this real quick. So uh, I remember my buddy was drunk. He was smoking, and he was like, hey, Norman. <laughs> He didn't even know Norman. Norman turned and he goes, you remember Paul or something like that? And he was like, yeah, I remember Paul. He's nothing but a fucking shit talker or some shit like that. And I was like, fuck you, you fucking piece of shit. Whatever. Never, haven't heard from the guy, whatever. I was so drunk, I just laughed and kept walking. Well, we heard about the dude in the news, what, how long ago? What, three months ago, two months ago? Wait, legally, should we be saying anything? Yeah. Who gives a shit? It's in the news. If the news can say it, why can't we say it? Uh, Because we're awesome. And you're (laughs) awesome. Christ. So, you know, I've always, over the years, grew kind of a dislike for Norman because of our history and everything. And just kind of like, you know, there's certain people that, you know, even though there was times that you and I would talk about it and be like, remember the old Norman, like the Norman when we were kids? Like, Here's the thing. Yeah. Before, before you had told me what had happened, I was having that nostalgia period in my life again where, look, man, it is what it is, right? The, the guy did wrong to us. He's done wrong to a million people. We've, we had our arguments. But hands down, whether you want to admit it or not, he gave us some of the best times of our life. So you have to, if it weren't for him, we wouldn't have opened up for all these bands. We would have never met Jerry. We wouldn't have ever signed any type of contracts, be it small or big. We would have never toured. We would have never played historical places like the Roxy. And so, I mean, I ha- he's one of those guys where I'm like, dude, if you would just get your shit straight, I would totally be your friend again. Yeah. Until. And until. So he started a school. He moved to Dallas, started a school with uh, actually one of the guys from Typo Negative and Danzig. And I don't know, like he was doing decent things. You know, he would go on, you would hear about his band going on tour with like bigger bands and kind of doing the same shit, but on a, on a you know, a level up. And lo and behold, I get a a message, uh, well, like six messages one day, like, dude, did you guys see this? Um, Norman essentially got arrested. He's now uh, was convicted of, um, uh, I guess he's he's a convicted sex offender now um, because he had relations with one of his underage students at his music school. Uh, So from what the story says happened a long time ago. Cause she barely came forward in her twenties about it. So and not that that makes it right. I'm just saying. No, it doesn't make it right at all. Matter of fact, sometimes it takes you growing up to realize like, fuck, that was wrong. I should have said something. So to me, that makes Norman a complete piece of shit in my book. Oh uh, yeah. No. Further, that, further sealing my, <laughs> uh, my feelings towards him. Uh, yeah. Whatever. I mean, it's all really just kind of like, water under the bridge but at the same time like i could never go forward with anything with that dude not that there would ever be an opportunity but you know that that just kind of like fuck man well you did it to yourself um but at the end of the day all that really matters is you know and i think the moral of the story and i think the main point of what we're trying to get across here is through ups and downs and thick and thin and trial and error and just everything like that's why we call this half and half. We've always, no matter what, found our way back to each other, as gay as that sounds. Um, 
we have been through this journey together. Um, and We've lost our way once. Yeah, and this is and this is just the music journey. This is not even talking about the journey of like being family men and me going to college and different jobs and working together and all this other shit that has gone on uh, yeah. around this. This is just yeah. literally our journey in terms of music that we've experienced yeah. together. Yeah. That's not even like the half. We are literally, I don't know if people think we just randomly show up to one another's house or to, to your house and your studio once a week. And No, we are family, like gone through the gambit of family shit together friendship shit together the highs and lows the happy times the woes we've been through it all outside of music yeah. together i will say though i think you've been mad at me more than i've <laughs> i don't think i've ever been mad at you probably <laughs> ever yeah because okay. you, you know you 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 take things a certain way and i'm like oh, dude i'm not gonna I'll, i choose my battles i'm not gonna be mad or you know if you bother me i'm like oh this motherfucker man but i have a tendency to be like yeah whatever but we've always, uh, you know, we're it's uh, we're in this together till the day one of us dies. And oh, uh, dude, absolutely. look, man, I've always told you, you won't ever get rid of me. You can try all you want, you can whatever you want, man. Our friendship is more important to me than anything. You know what I mean? So I'll let you be mad, and I'm gonna call you the next day and be like, "Are you done? No, I'll call, I'll call you tomorrow." You hear that, you Tony? Done? You hear that, Tony? <laughs> I will let you go through your emotion, man. That to me, that's like, I, yeah, dude, we've never even had, even though the times you've been mad at me, like you told me you were mad at me and we were done with it like two days later. You yeah. know what I mean? Like yeah. it's never, we have never stopped, stopped speaking to each other ever. Well, dude, I mean, no matter how mad I am at you, when I see you naked, I'm like, fuck. Dude, I am fuck not fuck giving this up. I, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm not giving this there's, up. Dude, there's, there's a method to my madness, my man. I keep up like this because I'm like, oh, he's mad again. One nude and I got him. Hook, line, and And on dude, that I, note. I would, yeah. I always, dude, my favorite part of Friday is the part where... where um, uh, Smokey's talking about Debo. I think about us all the time when he says that part. Right when he says like, "I got mind control over Debo," he'd be like, "Shut the fuck up." I'll be quiet, but when he leaves, I'll be talking again. <laughs> That's how I am with you. My fucker's mad right now. I'll be quiet. Yeah. In two days, he'll call me again. Yeah. I'm not worried. Yeah. I'm not worried. That's true. All right, Batch. Well, I know you got things to do. We both got things to do. This was I, a I, long I, episode. Uh, yeah. Well, well, like two long episodes. Um, yeah. but it was fun. I'm sure there's going to be yeah. things we're going to remember and be like, damn, I, should, I forgot about that, but that's okay. Like, I think it was good to get it out and to get it on, on, on air. So, yeah, yeah. absolutely. It's, a, it's just, it's a part of our history that we've always wanted to, to speak of. We didn't just stumble upon each other. Like our story is very weird and intricate on how other musicians have woven in and out of our lives. And it's just, it's just weird, man. It's yeah. weird. And, here we are, though I, I, we both still love music. I want to pursue in, in the parts that you hate, and you keep me grounded on the parts that I hate. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yep. But here we are, dude. One of these days, as much as you say no, I'm going to come to you with a country track, and you're going to fucking produce it, right? <laughs> like, it's, just, it's forever. Yeah. 
forever. All right, everybody. Thank you, everybody, for Sticking listening to this babble. Yeah, go down, going down memory lane. Um, if you guys appreciate it, give us a thumbs up. Let us know what's up. I don't know how this thing works. Is it a high five, a thumbs up, uh, a wink? It's not even any you, of that at you, this point. You kids these days, I don't know. So, so I think this is a good time for me to say it. I love you, man. Are you, who, who's talking to me? Yes, is you. Dad in the room. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, shit. I love you, too, man. Always. I tell you more times than you do, but yes, I love you, too. We're lifers, buddy. Yep. Dude, you're the Thelma to my Louise, okay? <laughs> the Lloyd Christmas to my Harry Dunn. Yep. <laughs> All right, bad. The Richard, Richard Greer to my Julia Roberts. <laughs> <laughs> you're Julia Roberts? I'm just kidding. <laughs> One of us has to be the whore. I'll take it. <laughs> All right, then. All right. Well, thank you, everybody, once again, for indulging us and letting us take you down memory lane. We hope you enjoyed it. Oh, Until and before, next- this ending, by the way, was supposed to be an Ashling song, but uh, it didn't work out. So enjoy the five seconds that it plays. What? Oh, you're going to play one? No, that's what we end with every episode. Oh, we do? Yeah, we end with that track that was going to be the revival of Ashling, but just Ooh. never came to fruition. <laughs> Yeah. Which is a song I'm still trying to push both you and Adam to fucking keep. Yeah. Even Justin loves that song, but that's, we'll save that for another time. All right. All right, everybody. Bye. Bye.